0: best-selling album, and direct from their riotously successful invasion of Europe, here is America's number one group, The Beach Boys! Hello friends, this is Wyatt. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to the Sail On Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Jason, as always. Hey, buds and budettes. And we're back in the middle of the summer to talk about some Christmas songs. It's perfect. So, uh, (laughs) uh, if you're just now tuning in, we are a couple dudes who love the Beach Boys and all things Brian Wilson. And we also play in a Beach Boys tribute called Sail On, and we tour the country playing Beach Boys songs, and it's pretty much the best job ever. Uh, We just got back from a few gigs. We played down in Texas and in Oklahoma, Arkansas, as well as Kentucky. We're all over the place. Uh, We wanted to say thanks to Daniel and Ian, who came out to our show in Oklahoma who are long-time podcast listeners. Daniel actually left a voicemail after our first-ever episode, and it was awesome to get to meet him. So Great. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Super cool to talk to you, and it means a lot to see you in person and uh, put a face to the voicemail. So we got a couple shows coming up if you guys are in the Tennessee, Georgia area. So August 2nd, we are playing The Sounds of
1: Summer. Concert series in Bristol, Tennessee. And then we have Norcross, Georgia on August 3rd, their summer concert series in Thrasher Park. Both of those shows are free, so come to those for free. Um, And then August 5th, we're playing in Nashville, which we haven't done in a while. City Winery. It's going to be a really excellent show. You do not want to miss that if you're in the Nashville area and you want to come hear some Beach Boys music. And then August 10th, we're playing the Red Clay Theater in Duluth, Georgia, and I've heard a lot of great things about that venue and some cool jellyfish connections to their front of house guy, which is really cool. So for that alone, <laughs> um, but yeah, come see us play there. And that's going to be really great. I've heard, Like I said, I've heard great things. It's a great room to hear some live music. So you've got Four awesome chances
0: To come see us really soon That's right And by really soon we mean today If you're listening to this on August 2nd (laughs) yeah. So yeah Um, We try and you know Keep you guys filled in on what we're doing with the band Just so we can meet you guys and, And say what's up And if you like the podcast come meet us And have a beverage and let's talk about How great the MIU album is Always So let's talk about some emails You guys have been writing us, and the first one is from Tom Rosenthal. Wow, I've only listened to one of your podcasts so far, and you guys share a lot of background information that I've never heard before. My boyhood friend and I started listening to the Beach Boys back in 68, 69, when we were 10 or 11 years old, and I have read and listened to as much as I could consume about the Beach Boys through the years, and I'm amazed at the detail and info you guys have that I was not aware of. I look forward to listening to all of your podcasts to learn more background. When I first started getting into them, I didn't recall hearing their songs on the radio or records. I have an older brother and sister that had some 45s until we found a copy of 2020 at the local store and immediately recognized I can hear music. My sister did have that 45. Unfortunately, I have no idea what happened to it. Bummer. Finally was able to see them in 1974, in Milwaukee. That's Whoa. One of Jason's favorite eras of the Beach Boys. Yeah, man. Uh, 16 years old and with a friend, rode the bus to Milwaukee, walked from the bus station to the old County Stadium. I can't believe my dad let me do that. I guess the times were different back then and safer. Since then, I have attended as many concerts as I have been able to. It was not cool to be a Beach Boys fan for many years, and it took a lot of grief and teasing, but never stopped listening and reading. Things turned around when James Watt made a fool of himself and President Reagan set him straight.
1: I know their music speaks for itself, but I just wanted on behalf of all of you I know to thank the Beach Boys for coming here on this very special occasion.
0: I have so many stories about listening to Brian's work and the instruments he used, both voices and actual instruments. I have heard God Only Knows thousands of times and will never be surpassed. Early songs like Surfer Girl and In My Room really exposed the future ability of Brian. The quality for that time is unreal. I could go on forever, but I wanted to thank you guys for your work on the podcast, and I'm sure there are other Beach Boys freaks like me that really enjoy them. Maybe your cover band would consider coming to central Wisconsin sometime. I see you will be in Hayward in October, but that's three hours away. Maybe a stop in Wasau. Is that Was Wasau? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Well, in the area. Grand Theater, Wasau.
1: Wausau. Wasau.
0: Okay, you will probably hear from me again. Thanks. Tom. Tom, really great email. I'm very
1: jealous that you got to see the Beach Boys in 74. That would have been without Blondie, but still Ricky was in the band, so the, and they were still playing a lot of the Holland stuff. Um, maybe the best of both worlds, to be honest with you, because they would have been doing Holland stuff and... Also, more greatest hits, and the shows were longer.
0: so. I have a question about that for you. What's that? Were they still doing um, Sail on Sailor since it was still a recent single? Who was singing it? Billy Henschey. Okay, cool. Just curious. Yep.
1: Uh, So, anyway, that had been an awesome time to see him. And, yeah, I definitely would not walk from the bus station to to the baseball stadium in today's world but i could see where back then it was probably totally cool i actually remember from being such a baseball fan as a little kid watching games on tv that were still at the county stadium in milwaukee i remember seeing that on tv so that's a cool nice. connection um but yeah uh wisconsin i believe we're going to come up that way I, I noted you noted we're going kind of far away but hopefully we'll get to another part i'll i'll have to call that theater and tell them to get with the program
0: yeah i'm sure we'll make it up your way at some point tom thank you very much for writing sorry it took us so long to get to your email um up next we've got an email from andy gaddis hey guys just a quick note to let you know how awesome the podcast is having a blast with it i'd like to weigh in on your recent commentary regarding the deterioration of brian's voice in response to a listener question i love mining the beach boys catalog for rare tracks that i've never heard and recently came across a little ditty called don't you just know it i'm not sure if you mentioned this one yet but i absolutely love this duet by brian and jan berry from 1973 I thought that brian's voice on this one was close to his prime and was surprised that it held up so well this far into his career given all his troubles any thoughts and uh, uh, uh.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Andy, with Brian's voice on Don't You Just Know It. That was a single, uh, didn't do so well, and it's actually really hard to find because it's not really been released into the digital world in an official way since the single came out in 73. But I definitely hear what you're talking about with Brian's voice and you know you kind of hear that a little bit if you've ever heard any demos he did from around that time where he's kind of playing around with his vocal style a lot so I thought that was I always think that that's kind of interesting but that's really cool that you noted that and uh, maybe one day that'll, they'll put that track out on a, on a mega rarities release which I know a lot of us Beach Boys fans would love to have it's just like a big box set of rarities
0: from Capitol. Here's to hoping. Oh, for sure. Um, I wanted to also note that, not to burst anybody's bubble, but I'm pretty sure that that uh, track was originally recorded in 1970, so it's much more, you know, in line with uh, what Brian was doing on Sunflower and Surfs Up. Uh, So that would explain why his voice sounds pretty dang good on that song, but it didn't come out until 1973. So hopefully that clears some stuff up for you, Andy. <clears throat> thanks for writing in and thanks for listening next up we have a email from josh Treesenberg. hey guys i just discovered your podcast today and have listened to most of it already i love it i love them I liked the album reviews on the first episode, top 10s. Although I feel the Beach Boys Christmas album always gets overlooked or brushed underneath the rug, that album has some of the greatest Christmas songs I've ever heard, and honestly just some great Beach Boys originals, even though they are just Christmas songs and seasonal. Love what y'all are doing. Keep it up. Josh in Chicago.
1: Well, thanks, Josh. And it's funny that you bring up the Christmas album. It's pretty awesome. I think we're going to talk about that some today, don't you think, Wyatt?
0: I think let's go ahead and do it. Um, We've got um, an interesting predicament here that I knew we were going to run into back when we started, which is we're doing the Beach Boys uh, history chronologically through the albums and through the recording sessions and all of their tours. And I knew that we would end up getting to this album sometime in the summer. So, you know, it's, we, we did a Beach Boys Christmas special episode last Christmas just to play kind of our favorite Beach Boys Christmas songs from their whole catalog. You should definitely check that out. But this one is going to be just basically a review of the Beach Boys Christmas album, which was actually recorded in the summer of 1964. Um, so we we left off you know, with them recording the all-summer-long album. But before that album even came out, they went into the studio again to record a Christmas album because they were going on a huge tour afterwards. So they needed to finish this Christmas album to get it out in November for the holiday season. So on June 16th, actually, they went in to do a session for the Annette Funicello Disney movie called The Monkey's Uncle. Um, It wasn't a song that Brian wrote or arranged, but they were going to be the opening band in the movie and this was kind of you know before a lot of the beach movie craze really hit i mean it was just kind of starting and this was not really a beach movie but it was i think the first time um, that they worked on a disney film so that's really cool
1: love for me uh-huh
0: she loves a monkey's uncle yeah
1: yeah she loves a monkey's uncle whoa whoa she loves a monkey's uncle and the monkey's uncle they for me kissing my heart jumps like a clown she loves a monkey's uncle feels like the circus just came.
0: They did their tracks on June 16th And then the next day They went to Burbank To Disney Studios To shoot the opening for the movie So it happened real quick And um, it's a really fun scene I remember seeing it when I was a kid And just really loved it And really loved that song What
1: I really like about that particular song Actually is I love the high vocal In the background while Annette's singing the chorus That Brian's doing It's super cool I mean I think it's some of the highest notes he's ever sung almost i mean it's intense but it's really great and i know my
0: little girl um loves that song and we jam it out in the car all the time so oh yeah it's so good i want to do an episode sooner than later on all those beach movies but i'm having a hard time getting a hold of them i found a few of them on itunes but some of them are just like out of print or never were released on dvd you gotta check that film
1: struck service that has all the classic movies, that they're just kinda like Netflix for classic movies.
0: Oh yeah, I will check that. So I'll do some scouring and then we'll do an episode on at least a few of those. The ones that um, Brian had a hand in with Gary Gusher and Roger Christian and all that. Beach movie explosion.
1: I love the mom, he's on the wall.
0: The Beach Boys were, were going hard in June of 64. They went, you know, the next day after shooting the monkey's uncle, they went back into the studio to start recording the Christmas album. So the record was done at Western and United Studios. There were five original songs, and then also they did seven standard Christmas songs. Uh, it was basically a response to the Phil Spector Christmas album that Brian loved so much from the previous year. And There weren't really a lot of you know rock and roll christmas albums at the time so it was really really exciting and new and um they really wanted to do their own version of a christmas album and brian got to work with one of his heroes dick reynolds who was the four freshman arranger to do all of the standard christmas song arrangements with the 41 piece orchestra that was a really cool opportunity for him and he worked with him later on on adult child which is also really really cool yeah so um and also, you know, kind of like, you know, worked in some of that Frank Sinatra feel, which Brian also really, really loved. And uh, during that time, they also recorded the alternate version of Little Honda. Uh, and then they also did, which was surprising to me, in the middle of the Christmas sessions, they recorded Don't Hurt My Little Sister. just trying to load up on product. Man, it's crazy. Brian was just cranking out songs back then. Um, And I think, you know, some of the Christmas album can be classified as filler. But overall, I think it's super fun. Let's get into the track by track on this one. The first track on the Christmas album is called Little St. Nick, which you guys remember from a previous episode because it came out the year before in December of 1963. And they really had to rush this one out to get it out before the holiday season. And um, it was released as a single and it hit number three on the Billboard Seasonal chart. Um, this album version was a stereo mix that they removed the sleigh bells and extra percussion from because apparently they thought it was a little bit too extravagant and didn't really mesh with the rest of the side A of the album, which is very interesting. Mistake. Yeah, I mean, I love the the sleigh bells on the, on the uh, single mix, but um, I understand what they were talking about because this... The Side A of the album is very basic rock and roll. Like, there's no overdubs really. It's very simple. There's only a few little lead lines. Um, it's mostly just like a rock combo and, and the five part vocals. But um, this song is great. I mean, we talked about it before. It's uh, kind of a rewrite of, of Little Deuce Coop in a lot of ways. I mean, even down to the He Don't Miss No One, Pink Slip Daddy. I mean, it's very, very much Little Deuce Coop. I think Brian even. Admitted that he was kind of rewriting Little Deuce Coop. He wrote it in his car, um, and he wrote kind of like the main melody and some of the lyrics and got home and and bashed it out, and Mike helped finish the lyrics as well. It has a great lead vocal by Mike, and it has a great soaring falsetto in the choruses by Brian, and the harmonies are great. I mean, it's a classic Beach Boys song. It's probably the the most recognizable Beach Boys Christmas song. I really love it. I give it a 7 out of 10. Little St. Nick is a jam of jams. I'm going to
1: go... It's hard not to go 8 out of 10 on this for me because I love it so much. So I'm just going to go with it. 8 out of 10. I think it's the best... Nice. I think it's the best original Christmas thing that Brian ever did with Mike. And it's uh, got a lot of sentimentality and it's played like crazy to this day. Every Christmas, you hear it a bunch on the radio. So yeah staying power is really really a big deal so yeah eight out of ten
0: they also did an alternate version of this song and i I had a hard time really tracking down what the origin of it was but it was the same song yeah it was the same song that ended up being on all summer long as drive-in but i'm pretty sure it was recorded in 1963 and they just did two different versions of the same song um, although some people argue that it was recorded in Summer of '64, which I don't know why they would re-record a different track but with the same vocals, you I know, think a year that later. That, I
1: think that that other one came first, and then they, it seems like it to and me. They,
0: and, they, and they and
1: and they were just like, "Uh, this isn't gonna, this isn't working. We need a hit," you know? Yeah, I feel like you're right on that. Um, he pro- and I almost wonder if if what happened. Was that they did that track, and then he heard Spectre's... What year did Spectre's Christmas record? 63?
0: 63, yeah.
1: So he probably heard Spectre's Christmas stuff early before it came
0: out, knowing him. Well, yeah, he was at the sessions.
1: Yeah, and so probably after that, he was like, wait a minute. I got to do a better Christmas song, and he went and reworked it. That's my... I'm going to go with that. That's That's very possible. Educated guess, because didn't they record it kind of later?
0: Like, yeah, they recorded it late. Yeah, like last minute.
1: So yeah. that's not completely out of the question.
0: I feel I feel good about that answer. Um, but if you um, have any information, I feel like Robert Stack. If you or anyone you know has any information regarding the secondary version of Little Saint Nick, give us a call. But yeah, so moving on. Track two, side one. The Man with All the Toys. He's the man with all the
1: toys. Someone found a lighted house late one night. And he saw through the wind a sight.
0: This was actually the single they released off the album on November 9th, and it reached number six on the seasonal Billboard chart, and I really love this song as well. Um, it's got a great little lead guitar line that I always enjoyed, and I also really like the little backing vocals the little bum bum yeah those are fun and uh i really just you know it's another fun christmas song i i can't you know go at christmas without jamming this tune and um brian redid it didn't he yeah he did
1: he did it yeah yeah <laughs> he did yeah. on that uh christmas record from like what five or something
0: five. Like that. Yep. Yeah. yep um i give it a six out of ten i think you know the only thing that i really Feel like they could have improved on with a lot of these songs is, is the arrangements kind of sparse so I, I would like to hear a little more going on a little bit more of that wall of sound on this tune would have really made it pop
1: yeah i really like that um slapback guitar you're talking about i think that's really cool sounding always felt oh, yeah. this very little it was a very strange sound you didn't really hear that on any of their other records either so i don't
0: think the wrecking crew plays on this Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's all the boys. I think it's all Brian uh, on bass, and I think it's all Carl and Al on guitar. I think it's I think it's pretty, pretty legit. Just the Beach Boys on this, but yep, definitely,
1: you know, could have benefited, like you were saying, from a bigger production. But I don't know. It kind of makes it like a kid at Christmas in a way, like the whole production. If that makes any sense, sure. You know, just kind of a little more simplistic and you know joyful sounding so I mean Man With All The Toys is awesome with that four freshman like intro too so um, I love that yep can't
0: beat it it's a great <sighs> it's a six out of ten for sure alright moving on track three on side one Santa's Beard another Wilson and Love composition classic Santa Claus, real Santa. he wants to meet old Santa Claus. I took my brother to the department store He wanted to show Santa his Christmas list He stood in line and he shook like a leaf He's only five and a half, going on six He said, is it Rally Santa Claus? Really, really Santa? Is that Rally Santa? Really, really Santa? Is that Rally
1: Santa? Really Santa Claus? Really, really Santa?
0: Hope he thinks that Santa Claus um, this one is interesting I mean the lyrics are kind of Awesome They're very playful And I think Mike did a good job With the lyrics on this And I think the song is Is kind of creepy in a way Especially with the The kind of weird Augmented chord progression um, And it was kind of scary to me When I was a kid the, the whole like He's not really Santa Claus He's not really Santa Claus Like I remember hearing this When I was, when I was young and I, And I was just kind of like Creeped out by it A little bit but uh, this one, I really love, man. I, I love the the lyric. I love the kind of cool chord progression. It's it kind of like, it's a little advanced for Brian, especially like for, for this time. And I really, really love it. I give it a seven out of 10.
1: Yes, big seven out of 10 for me too, because I can, re- I love this song. My little brother used to love this song. I have a brother who's five years younger than me. And uh, I remember when he was little, that he was just like the character in the song, you know, wanting to like, yep. you know, be mischievous and yank off the fake Santa Claus beards and, and do stuff like that. So I always have a good chuckle and think of my little brother at when we were little when I hear this one. So I love it for that reason. And also, you know, melodically and cordially and speaking, it's pretty awesome like you were talking about. So um, I'm a big fan and before we go any further I think for this first side I do want to point out that the drum sound of all these Christmas songs from this on these on the original tunes is awesome from my <laughs> music gear yeah. my music gear nerd brain um, they sound a, like a little bit of a drier version of what you'll hear on like California girls and even like the today album so I mean, may it be a rushed recording Um, they got some great tone on those drums
0: i agree yeah i think the album sounds really good um like again like i said i just wish that they had spent a little more time um with the production and maybe added a few more elements here and there but yeah i agree the sounds are awesome i mean chuck britts he was really dialing it in and brian was getting better in the studio it's obvious next up we have merry christmas baby i think this is a solo brian wilson composition
1: this is maybe my favorite on the old record
0: oh cool maybe. melodically speaking yeah so i'll let you go first on this one what do you
1: think so merry christmas baby is awesome i love that melody of the of the verse in the chorus but the only thing that ever bums me out about this recording is it needs more instruments like we were talking about earlier but I think the harmonies on this are really great, Mike's vocal is, gosh, it's great on it. I'm just a big fan of the mood, because it's a little more of a melancholy mood than the other songs, but I think if this was a non-Christmas song, and they just put different lyrics in that chorus, it would have been a really great album track. One thing about me is I love album tracks, I love singles of course, but I always get into the more you know when there's a more experimental or a unique or melancholy tune that might not be accessible to everyone so this hits that nail on the head for me so that's why i like it so much but i mean it's a seven out of ten because i really love the um the song itself so it's maybe my favorite on the christmas record for that reason it's not the best song but it's maybe my favorite
0: all right i'm down i give it a five out of ten i i dig it it's just um you know not one of my favorites I, I really like the the arrangement that they did though i think the it has kind of a uh, phil specter vibe to it or like kind of an early uh, motown feel um, and i like michael's vocal as well um coming up next we have christmas day written by brian wilson this is the first lead vocal by al jardine which is a really crazy. cool fact it's crazy, That's crazy it took him that long. Well, he kept going in and out and disappearing to Michigan, so whatever. <laughs> That's what you get, Al. I mean, it's just kind of strange to me. He's such a great singer, and for when I was a kid, I thought this was Brian. It's crazy how much all these guys sound alike, especially because they're all singing together and they learn each other's inflections, and they have to kind of blend with each other, so they all kind of try and match Brian's style and um, early on with Carl and Al, you can really tell that they haven't really developed their own singing style, at least their lead voice yet. So it's really cool to hear Al sing this song as his first debut as a lead singer, and he sounds a lot like Brian, and he's got such a great tenor voice. It doesn't have quite as much character as as we come to know from Al, but I love the simple guitar line, and I love the little organ solo. Yeah, it just rules. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I give it a 7 out of 10.
1: It's worth the wait the whole year through Just to make happy someone like you and i'll never i
0: through a christmas day it's worth the wait
1: the whole you through just to make happy i'll go six out of ten on this you know it was one that i had to warm up to it wasn't immediate for me but i do love it and for all the reasons you already mentioned so i don't need to rehash any of that I will say I bet I have a, a theory about the lead vocal thing. I I think that's a Murray thing. You know, I think Murray sure was not pumped when it wasn't a Wilson or a Love singing the lead. Yep. Um and that's dumb. And I think that I also think that part of the reason why when he was wasted on the famous Help Me Rhonda sessions I think part of it was he didn't like, you know, he was trying to discredit Al in a weird way um yeah which which sucks because um here on the here at sail on the beach boys podcast we are big al jardine fans just so everyone knows um al al's vocals are killer fruit and it is remember if you noticed if you've ever read any of those books or heard any outtakes and stuff from the really really early period you can hear brian even kind of joking slash threatening he's like don't make me call al jardine down here to take your place or something i remember hearing that i think it's on one of the really early sessions as they were talking about i guess this is when al had left at one point but i think brian always loved singing with al and he still does to this day
0: yeah man al's awesome we're big fans of al We're big fans of everybody, but, you know, Al doesn't get enough love sometimes. Um, So, just wanted to throw that out there. So, that actually finishes off the original tracks. They kind of just did, like, an EP worth of originals. Um, Just five songs for this record. Really just four, because Little St. Nick was done a year before. But, um, I think the originals are, are really what makes this record stand out. And... Um, They're kind of like two different albums, so let's move on to track six which is Frosty the Snowman Love it. I love it, too Um, It's one of my favorites of the standards that they do. It's a great arrangement. It's super fun It always makes me happy again. Like I blast this at Christmas time Because it gets me in the spirit And it's just a sweet song And I love the arrangement It's got a very awesome Four Freshmen vibe to it As a lot of these do Um, I give it a 6 out of 10 Great stuff
1: Yeah, I'll go 6 out of 10 as well It's really hard for me to choose between this And the Spectre version of this song As the standard best version of this song I think they both are up there Um, Because The one from Like that they've made in the that they put in the movie which i think was later after these versions actually i'm pretty sure you know that's not that great and then there's obviously other versions of it out there but i think that you know the two california kings of the studio did the best versions of that song so always great to hear it
0: moving on we got side two now track one is we three kings of orient R. A really classic tune um, One that is kind of creepy as well. Um, very, very sweet melody and a uh, really cool arrangement. I really like how, um, much like a lot of the Four Freshman songs, it starts off with kind of a two-part harmony with uh, two guys doubling each part. And then it splits off into the four-part when the key change comes in. Um, great arrangement. I'm just not a crazy fan about this song. Um, I give it a four out of ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll go five out of ten because the arrangement's real unique. I love traditional Christmas music. Um, you know, I like a lot of it. This song just is not high up on my list of songs that I'm stoked about um, when it comes down to hearing you know sacred or traditional Christmas music. So that being said, I'm giving the 5 out of 10 completely based on the vocals and arrangement. So, boom.
0: Next up, we got Blue Christmas, which um, really could be Brian's first solo release. And a you think really, really good one. So it's a great lead vocal from Brian um, with a really awesome sort of like Nelson Riddle style arrangement by Dick Reynolds. And I think it alludes to Rhapsody in Blue mm-hmm. in the little middle part, which I bet was Brian's idea because that's one of Brian's favorite compositions of all time. So I thought that was awesome that he had some input in that. And I really love this, man. It's just awesome to hear Brian kind of at his peak, maybe one of the best vocal performances he's ever given. Um, it's just incredible to hear the tone and the quality of his voice and in such a cool arrangement and a really sweet song. Um, i give it a 7 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I'll go six out of ten on it his vocals really great and I mean that sells the whole thing for me and i know that's this is one that actually gets played a lot at christmas on the radio Um, my wife and myself kind of geek out and listen to christmas radio for the good and the bad every year so um, we actually hear this one a good bit
0: i'll have a blue that's certain. And when that blue heartache starts
1: hurting, you But I'll have a blue, blue Christmas. I'm also super partial to the Elvis Presley version, so um, this is a great, great version though, for sure.
0: The Elvis Presley version is definitely the definitive version.
1: There's a lot of interesting versions out there I, I kind of went down a blue Christmas rabbit hole a long time ago but <laughs> I forgot them all now I only remember those two the beach boys and
0: and Elvis so the the uh, next track we have is Santa Claus is coming to town you
1: better watch out. You better not cry you better
0: Santa Claus is coming to town He's making a list, he's
1: checking it twice He's gonna find out who's naughty or nice
0: Santa Claus is coming to town so an interesting choice because a year earlier brian was invited to play piano on the phil Spector version and he got kicked out because his piano playing was subpar (laughs) and it really bummed him out so i'm i'm thinking this is his you know way of saying hey i'm i'm fine i got this this is this is the beach boys doing it even though he doesn't play on it it's a really great arrangement um, and I love the, <laughs> I love the little circus melody in the refrain yeah. <laughs> <It's
1: kind laughs>
0: that cracks me up. Yeah. Um, I,
1: uh, I mean, I, I just kind of want to wonder what's going on in the studio and they're like, you know, I wonder if they're breaking out the arrangements and, or Brian looks over the arrangements ahead of time. And he's like, Hey. Hey Dick, uh, can can you put in that uh, circus thing right here? This this really what this is really what the record needs to. uh, Oh man, for sure to go
0: over the. You know that he did because they used that circus theme in another song before, so it's definitely. um, And there's a variation of that circus
1: theme as the solo for Amusement Parks USA. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Um,
0: (laughs) So I mean, it's great. uh, Yeah so yeah I mean I I I really dig this Um, it's super cheesy but again great arrangement great vocals I give it a six out of ten
1: complete agreement.
0: six out of ten coming up we got white Christmas which is to me maybe the weakest track on the record I still dig the vocal, and um, the arrangement's cool. It's just a little lackluster to me. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have a circus flair. So. No circus flair on this one, but <laughs> another classic Christmas song. You know, I always think of Bing Crosby when I hear this. Yeah, it's hard. But, it's hard um, to hear. It's hard to hear any other version. But it's it's still a great song. Um, I just think you know this version it's a little boring but uh i give it a four out of ten because the performance is still very very good
1: yeah i'll i'll go oh it's hard to even go four but i'll go four i'll go four out of ten just because i don't know you know even i'm a big fan of the glenn campbell christmas record and he does it and i like his version but it's still all of them all of them pale in comparison to the big big hit and bing did it bing did it two different ways and both versions of his are just like towering over any other version so
0: uh yeah i'll go four out of ten why not all right moving on we got another sweet classy christmas song i'll be home for christmas I'll be home for christmas is a really sweet tune and um, it's hard not to love it i always play this one at christmas time as well great vocal performance again and uh, a really great sentiment because i always get to see my family at christmas and it always makes me happy to hear this song and uh, reminds me of what christmas is all about Uh, so i give it a 5 out of 10.
1: yeah i think it's a great version Great sound is the rest of the record, you know. Um, killer vocals, can't deny that. So, five out
0: of ten is more than just. Right on. Coming up, the last track on the record is an a cappella version of Auld Lang Syne. So, one of my favorites on the record. A very yeah. awesome way to end the record with um, Denny doing a little voiceover saying thanks to everyone for listening to their records and coming to see them play and uh i think you know as another testament to you know how rushed this album was dennis actually like flubs the words on the little voiceover but they just left it in there (laughs) they're just like yeah it's fine dennis just 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 get out we hope you will treasure it the way we do
1: and if you happen to be listening to this album right now Mike, Brian, Carl, Al, and I would like to wish every one of you a very Merry Christmas and we hope the new year brings you as much happiness as this year has brought us. Thank you very much.
0: But it's really great, man. The, the arrangement is incredible. It's, a, it's an awesome, awesome song. I've done a version of this before and the arrangement is super hard to sing. Um, much like the Lord's Prayer they did a year earlier. It's just really intricate, really, really awesome. And, um, you know, I don't go a New Year's Eve without playing this version of this song because it's perfect. It's uh, what I always think of for uh, for the new year. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I give this a <laughs> 7 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I like that it's, you know, a classic Beach Boys, uh, awesome, you know, <clears throat> musical vocal situation but also the cool talking so I mean you know it's kind of their standard they like to end all these albums in the early 60s with talking uh, <laughs> If you, yeah. you know what I mean like there's several tracks in the, this era kind of their trend and you know they were still trying to figure out how to how to make an album happen so I get it but um, yeah 7 out of 10 love it always love playing that track
0: I feel like in closing talking about this album uh, even though I feel like it was rushed and kind of a filler album and kind of just you know they had to get something out for the holiday season um, I think it's really well done and one of my favorite Christmas albums of any type and especially the original tunes but you know some of the highlights um, for me are you know Santa's beard and christmas day and santa claus is coming to town they're all really really fun songs and and i don't you know go a holiday season without jamming the you know what out of these songs and annoying everybody around me because you know it just feels kind of silly listening to these songs any other time um as we are today but um here we are it's like 95 degrees outside and we're talking about White Christmas. It's it's funny, but that's what we do here for you, the dedicated Beach Boys fans. But um, overall, man, I would say the album is kind of you know up and down. The originals, I would say, would get like a 7 out of 10 for me. But the traditional tracks, maybe a 5 out of 10. So I'd give it a 6 overall.
1: Yeah, I'd go with a 6 out of 10 overall as well. You know, I don't. I think we're really uh, in sync on this. Um, I really love those original tracks. I mean, I would maybe slant it. I don't know. I think we agree totally on all of them. Track-to-track Di- track difference, but...
0: Um, when are we going to start really disagreeing on stuff? Is that going to happen?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think people want some controversy. I mean... We disagreed on a few things, like you 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 really like a lot of the more um, throwback rock and roll stuff. Oh yeah, Um, and I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, see, we Um, already disagree
1: about that, but it's okay, you know, whatever. I
0: think we'll disagree a lot on um, Carl and the Passion. Well, just yeah, just wait till we get there. I'm gonna keep. And also, 15 big ones. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's some. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to create some dissonance here for the listeners, like, you know. One of my favorite sports talk shows is Undisputed. Oh, We're, man. Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> uh, with, with Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp. And I, I think, got a, you know,
1: I've got a great idea. It, then.
0: I've got a great What makes it so great is that they just argue about everything. And I think, you know, whether or not they actually agree with each other. Um, to begin with, they have to take opposite stances so that they can have something to argue about on the show. Okay, and I feel so, like we agree on too much. We just love everything, so it's not as interesting. Well, you we know need to what? start fighting about something. There
1: is, there is a, there is a uh, hopefully, an upcoming episode of Sail on the Beach Boys podcast that I hope we can collaborate on. That is, essentially, Sail on the Beach Boys podcast, colon, undisputed. Okay. We just need to okay, have enough, sure. we'll just need to pick some some hot take topics and and just and just go for it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll try and do better for you guys because I think they're tired of us just loving everything and agreeing with everything. But um I feel like Who knows? I, I mean,
1: well, I I only I'm so agreeable on a lot of this early stuff because it's really hard to argue a lot of it. I mean, I love I love trashing Boogie Woody cuz it sucks. But Um, You know, but then our friend Jez was like, how are you going to knock that? That's a great piano song. I'm like, well, yeah, because it stinks. It's it's well, but anyway, I think
0: we're going to eventually get into some more controversial topics that we disagree on. But I just thought it was funny because we kind of like everything and we kind of only dislike a little bit of the stuff that has come up so far. And um. I think, you know, there's a lot of Beach Boys bickering online already. So I don't know if everybody really needs any more of that. So I'm just, yeah, I mean, to think I out mean loud. I could,
1: I'm sure I could, we could go invite some guys off a message board to come on the show and fight. I mean, we could do that.
0: Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> you guys but, would love um, that. But you can go back to listen to our favorite Beach Boys Christmas songs on our first bonus episode from last Christmas.
1: I really love the Beach Boys Christmas album. I think it's really fantastic. I will say that it is not as monumentally great as the Phil Spector Christmas record. I know Brian was such a big fan, but you know, Brian went on later to eclipse Phil in many, many ways, but um, I did just want to point out the fact that, um, you know, it's really cool that Brian was able to be inspired by Phil's Christmas record and kind of make a fun, lighthearted, Christmas record that maybe wasn't such an epic thing and I think it provides a great balance when you hear the great Christmas records of the 60s and you get the Beach Boys sunny, more sunny, surfy take on the Christmas stuff and then you kind got of to have the, you know, brooding extravagant Phil Spector thing and the thing you said earlier about the uh, you know, not being a lot of rock and roll Christmas records, I mean really at this time you had Elvis had a Christmas record in the 50s And then you had singles, you know, kind of, but not a ton. It was a lot of country artists who did, you know, Christmas tunes that were the ones you hear on the radio now. And then you had the Beach Boys and Phil Spector. And then after their Christmas records came out, you started getting Booker T and the MGs, The Ventures, like lots of rock and roll Christmas. So I think it's cool that the Beach Boys were kind of, you know, really trying to blaze some trails, even if they weren't intentionally blazing a trail there
0: see i think next episode we're gonna do is gonna be another bonus episode i think we're gonna do a live commentary of the beach boys lost concert kind of the first concert footage that they shot uh, from 1964. so be looking for that in your feed my friends and uh you know as always thank you guys for listening Hopefully, uh, we can catch you at a show on the road out there, and we can talk and meet face-to-face and exchange pleasantries. But um, until then, you can shoot us an email at sailonpodcasts at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 615-606-3887. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Sounds. And then you can also check out some awesome music by Will C., who does our bumper music at www.willcmusic.com. And we'll catch you guys next time. Sail on, sailors, and Merry Christmas.